What's going on? It's Tommy Vex, and you're listening to today's Boondoggle. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this intro before the intro of our today's Boondoggle radio show. Uh, as you know, we're a veteran-owned and operated podcast, and this has been an incredibly therapeutic journey for me as a veteran that struggles with PTSD and anxiety, just getting out and talking to people. But uh, it does cost us some money, so if you feel so obliged to donate to our GoFundMe, we have a GoFundMe under Today's Boondoggle. We also have a Venmo at Today's Boondoggle that you can donate to, uh, our anchor sponsorship at anchor.fm forward slash today's boondoggle uh, any questions comments suggestions complaints you can email us at today's boondoggle at gmail.com and please follow us on our social media sites at, uh, at today's boondoggle on instagram facebook twitter all your uh, social media platforms as well as our youtube channel our rumble channel and our BitChute channel please follow subscribe comment and download and please consider checking out our sponsors if you uh, support our sponsor dream nutrition you can receive 10 percent off your order by using the promo code boondog10 at checkout so dream nutrition they're a veteran owned and operated company as well so please support them and receive 10 percent off using the promo code boondog10 thanks for your time and thanks for listening going on everybody it's bill bailey with today's boondoggle and quick housekeeping note if you're watching us on youtube please hit that subscribe button or if you're watching us on rumble hit the subscribe button there as well and hit the follow button on uh whatever podcast platform you are utilizing to listen to us um that way we can continue to bring you these good uh interviews like the one i'm having getting ready to have right now with uh Man himself, the the scum of the earth, Mr. Riggs. How you doing? Yes, good. Nice. So, it, it's uh, I was kind of looking, really looking forward to this uh, interview today because uh, you know, just just recently, my ex was calling me scum of the earth. So I figured this could be like a a uh, you know, AA session or something where we we could talk it out. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
But uh, anyway, usually when I have somebody on for the first time, I like to get a quick background. So originally, what did you want to be when you grew up? Originally, yeah, I always wanted to be in a band. So music's always been your thing then, huh? Yeah. You remember yeah, like a kid, I found out you could uh, do that for a living. I'm like, oh, that's that's going to be my thing. Nice. You remember what was it uh, like what particular artist or band that kind of like pulled you in? No, I mean, I grew up uh, with my grandparents and my uncle. So they were always listening to, you know, older music. So I grew up listening to like, you know, Frank Zappa, the Bee Gees, Casey and the Sunshine Band, stuff like that. And uh, I just liked all that. And then I found out you can do that for your, you know, your job. So I'm like, count me in. Nice. And what was it uh, when uh, that you took up an instrument? I was young. I was like around eight years old. And there was an old guitar in a closet at my grandparents' house. And I was always tinkering around on that. Just like that. My grandfather had a piano, but I was just more into the guitar. Nice. And then as time uh, went on and you started like working at uh, with the guitar and uh, honing your craft, so to speak, uh, did you have any like bands with your friends, like garage bands and stuff like that? Kind of. I mean, I grew up in a really small town, you know, about 3000 people. And there wasn't even another town close by. So, you know, it was like me and one of my friends, we both played guitar and that was like, you know, the whole band. Nice. And then how about in high school? Yeah, same thing. I didn't even go to high school. And then um, as what, what, when was it then? Cause you said you grew up in a small town and everything. Like when did you like branch out and uh, really start uh, taking the playing serious and, and hitting the road and everything? Uh, it's probably when I was about 17, I think I got a, when I was about 16, I got a job at this boat factory there in that outside that little town. And, uh, I just saved up all my money from that. You know, I still lived with my grandparents. Saved all my money for about a year and then just took off. I ended up in Austin, Texas, back then around 1990. And then I hooked up with, uh, I believe it was Danny Loner. And they were just, they were just like transitioning from that band Anchor Watt into Screw. And then I just hopped on board. Nice. And then what was that, like, originally, what was that uh, music scene like there in Texas? It was good back then. It was, uh, yeah, I was in Austin, and it it seemed like it was good for every kind of genre of music. You know, we played lots of local shows we tour all around the world. Yeah. And then, 
so your time, uh, how much time did you, uh, get to, you know, play with Danny and, and then how long, I mean, how much did you pick up about the music industry during that time? I picked up pretty quick. There's just total crap, but I was in screw. I was there for the first two albums, the burning in water, drowning in flames and dusted. And then on one of the tours that we did over in Europe was with prong and corrosion conformity. And, uh, and Tommy Victor from prong, you know, he's, you know, he's commenting about the band. You know, we had three guitar players in Screw. And he's like, man, it sounds so heavy. You know, three guitar players. And I, you know, I kind of bugged him on and off for about a year until he let me be in Prong. And so I got in Prong right around the Rude Awakening album. And I was in Prong for a couple years or something, just doing live guitar. Nice. And then um, during your time in Prong, you got to hit the road a little bit more and do some more touring with them? Yeah, we did a lot of touring on for that album cycle. Like, went all around the world. And then Prong was managed by the same management company that managed White Zombie and Pantera. So that's how I met all those guys and ended up in Rob's band. You know, and then Danny Loner, he went on to Nine Inch Nails and whatever Rob was working on the what would have been the Hellbilly Deluxe. It was Danny and Charlie Clauser, I believe, was telling Rob uh, about me, so I flew out and did that. And all just kind of merges together. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good, uh, you know, a game about networking and stuff like that. And obviously yeah. having the talent to back it all up, though. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was pretty driven. You know, I took off, didn't have anywhere to live and, you know, starved to death for years. <laughs> and then that yeah, all worked out. And then so you were with Rob for quite a few albums then. Yeah, like the first two studio albums, the Hellbilly Deluxe and Sinister Urge, and then there was like some scrambled ones in there, like the uh, Remix album, Past uh, American Made Music to Strip By, Past, Present, Future. I don't know. They kept putting out a lot of albums of remixes and a couple new things here and there while he was working on movies. So you got pretty busy with him for a couple of years. And then uh, um, I think, as you just mentioned, then he started doing movies. And is that when you uh, decided to branch out on your own and do Scum of the Earth? Yeah. Yeah, I started doing Scum of the Earth. It was like 2004. And, you know, and then by then I was already, I think I was like in my 30s, like 30 two or something right at that age where like all the bad stuff starts happening where you know people start dying and you know relatives and you know and then i have a son it's just me and him so 
it just it just ended up being me and him. And then I just kind of stayed at home and you know started businesses around the town I live in, and so he could you know finish school, go to college, all that stuff. But obviously, continuing music in the background stuff and creating uh, music. Yeah, up to about 2012, I was still doing some stuff, but then it just got too much with you know regular life stuff. Uh, I feel you. I, I was a uh, single dad of two girls for a number of years. My youngest just graduated. So that's why I was uh, made that reference at the beginning. Cause my ex, uh, we just had a graduation party for her and I was still being treated like I'm the scum of the earth. You know? Oh <laughs> yeah. Me and my son, it's just me and him. There's, you know, we're all we got. There is no, nobody else. And you know, he's still in college. He's 27 He's getting, you know, getting the master's degree and then going to medical school. And then, you know, once he, he's about done, you know, and where he's going to go off to medical school. So that's when I'll start getting really busy again. Yeah. And, um, well, I mean, it's, you know, that's quite an accomplishment in itself. I'm sure with all the albums that you've contributed to and all the, you know, the musical accolades you have, I mean, having, you know, being a single dad and raising a son uh, that's going to medical school, man, that's probably, your, you probably feel like probably one of your greatest hits right there, huh? Oh yeah, for sure. By far. It's, yeah. it's rough, <laughs> as you know. Yeah. Guy's, yeah. It's got his uh, moments. Yeah. No, nah, man, I totally understand, but Hey, that's very commendable, man. So much respect. Um, and it's pretty crazy because, you know, he'd come out on tour with me when I was in Prong and he was one year old. You know, I got a bunch of pictures of him. Uh, you know, looks like he's driving the tour bus. <laughs> you know, nice. all the way up. You know, then Zombie is only like three years old, four. And now he's, you know, getting close to 30. It's pretty insane. <laughs> yeah, man, that's awesome, though. What, what stories he has and, you know, um, and like I said, it says a lot about your commitment to, uh, help him get to the level he's at, man. So I definitely, you know, us, us, it seems like in today's culture, us, uh, fathers don't get as much recognition anymore. You know, we kind of look down on like Homer Simpsons or something like that, (laughs) you you know? Yeah. Right. But I mean, even way back then. Yeah, yeah, I think Al Bundy was around back then, right? <laughs> yeah, right. But, uh, oh, man, good on you, man. Good to hear. Um, so then, you you know, you're honing your craft and, you know, hard working hard behind the scenes, building your brand and stuff. Um, like, Scum of the Earth started. And, uh, like, what was the inspiration for you to pick that as a band name? Uh, I don't know, I just always use that name for stuff since I was a kid, you know. And uh you know, people used to call me that when I was a little kid. All the you know, we're all I grew up in that small town where everybody's pretty poor, you know. It's just I was pretty poor and, you know poor, you know, like the I don't know, 
grunge looking dirty kid. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was they didn't like about me, but it was something. And so then I just kind of used that, you know, going on. Even back, you know, when I had the signature series guitars through Fernandez, I had him put the scumbag on the 12th fret, you know, it's kind of like a middle finger to all them. Well, it was like something obviously that was used as a negative connotation towards you, but you turned it around and, you know, put it back on, use it as fuel to, to drive you to put it back to the, to the world, you know? Yeah, pretty much. That's, that's what it was. And then it just kind of turned into, you know, a thing, (laughs) just use it all the time. And then, you know, it's like my publishing company is called that and all my guitar picks had it. Even you look back on those, on the Hellbilly Deluxe videos, you see me, I got the guitar that's got that carved in it. Way back then, it's kind of always been around. I just thought it'd be a cool name for a band. Nice. And so, uh, you know, you've been put doing work under this project name for a while now. Um, really big into uh i guess b movies and horror movies and uh dark sense of humor where would you say you picked up uh, a lot of the well first where would you say you picked up some of the dark dark humor uh i don't know i was i was pretty unsupervised when i was growing up <laughs> so i don't know i have no idea Just... Gotcha. Yeah, I I did uh, some time in the military, and it's kind of like you know, we're uh, especially during deployments and stuff. It's like, you know, we just need something to to forget about all the suck around us, so we find like the some of the darkest things to <laughs> laugh about. You know, to help that's, get by. That's, that's probably what. Yeah, that's probably the same thing. And then, uh, what was your like? Uh, attraction to like uh, a lot of the like B movies or sci-fi and horror genre. Uh, I mean, it just started from TV. So, you know, seeing old reruns of the Munsters, the Adams family, Star Trek, you know, stuff like that. That was always my favorite stuff. And then I was kind of always looking for it, you know, back when they had the, the local video stores and stuff go in there and just pick out movies with, uh, you know, weird titles and weird covers and just, you know, that's how I found out, you know, about the evil dead just sitting there. Yeah. Got to rent that one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, like you just mentioned evil dead, but like, what would you say is like one of your all time favorite, uh, uh, movies in that like vein that you can always go back to and enjoy watching over again. I mean, definitely Evil Dead, you know, stuff like Motel Hell. You know, it, it kind of goes by time periods, you know, like back then it was really like Evil Dead, Motel Hell. And then in more recent times, it's like Insidious and The Conjuring, you know that first sinister stuff like that yeah yeah and then you know you got the killer clouds from outer space you know the older ones it seems like more of the campy 
you know, really cool horror movies like Killer Clowns from Outer Space, but then you got Insidious and, you know, then they're full on, you know, hardcore horror movies. Yeah, I like going, I mean, Evil Dead was was definitely one of mine as well. And then I like going back and like, and Killer Clowns was just like, you know, um, you know, up there as yeah. well. But I like going back and like looking at like some of the old like Hammer films and like uh, Fulci, like the, the, the Italian like horror and stuff like that too. Yeah. So always some good ones. And then, um, so now current project i mean we're with uh scum of the earth you got you guys just released your latest single uh the ziggurats of mesopotamia um what what's the meaning behind that uh title uh it's just you know i started way back you know in before i was in screw i was writing songs about the the ancient alien stuff and people didn't seem to dig it that much or get it, you know? And then nowadays that seems to be like a popular subject where people are always talking about it. And so I actually had a bunch of lyrics left over from like, you know, 30 years ago. And they're, they're all, you know, like real things, real places, you know, the ziggurats are, you know, those big structures, that they made back back in the day <laughs> and then you know it's got a lot of tie-ins with aliens and you know weird unexplained stuff so you know i wrote a whole batch of songs about all that you know the song before this kind of fell through the cracks you know we put it out during the pandemic when we we're just sitting around doing nothing the it was called bigfoot and the armies of puma punku and I just got a whole batch of songs about all this, you know, ancient, ancient alien stuff. Nice. I was, uh, I was checking out the video. Um, it, you know, kind of like I saw some of the like war of the world's vibe to it as well with the <laughs> yeah. animation. And I, I like the animation who, who was, uh, who did the animation for you for that video? Uh, somebody that, somebody down in South America that I was in contact with on social media and I can't even pronounce his first name. I just call him Wolfgang. Wolfgang's in there somewhere. And <laughs> he, you know, I, he wanted to do a video. And so I sent him the lyrics to that ziggurats and he just came up with all that from the lyrics and, it was like you just finished it. I didn't really have any input in it at all. I just, I just thought it was good how he had it, and uh, he kind of made up a storyline in there, you know, with the the aliens that live on the face of, of Mars and come down and start wiping out Earth. Yeah, no, it was really well done. I liked it, um, and. You know, like it's funny too, because like bringing back the the ancient alien theme, it's like uh, just I mean, the aliens are here. Pentagon finally declassifies, you know, the existence of UFOs, 
And uh, I think they, I think that they were doing the D class uh, during the pandemic when most everybody was locked down, but yet we're still distracted. You know, it was just like no big deal. Everybody kind of shrugged their shoulders. It seemed like, and then moved on because everybody's distracted by politics. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I mean, yeah, it was, I think it was 2020 whenever it was all over the mainstream media even where they said they recovered two otherworldly vehicles not made on this planet or something like that. And it was like, you know, five people in the whole world cared about it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. There was never anything else released about it. Yeah, it's like, I mean, like they, they had, had that. Two of them were. <laughs> no, go ahead. What were you saying? I said they they said they recovered two of them, and then that was it. They never said, like, how big they were, uh, if they had any ideas where they came from, if there was anybody in them, you know. And that was, like, two years ago, and they haven't said another thing, but it was all over, you know, Fox, CNN, all the main crappy news places yeah all the propaganda pieces were finally admitting you know something that they'd been covering up for years you know when it, whenever they mention it on the state-run media it seems like you know it's pretty legit <laughs> yeah. so it and seems like you know all the, all the politicians have the say so in the news i guess yeah all hear about yeah i mean it's yeah, so many people out there that were like pushing for like D class and the truth to come out. And then, you know, I mean, there, there, I think there was a, even that group that was going to rush like area 51, you know, yeah, around yeah. that, that time. And uh, yeah, when finally they admitted, everybody just like shrugged their shoulders and like, all right, what's next? What's uh, you know, what's next in politics? What did, what did Trump do now? What's going on in DC? You know? I know. It's like, the I don't whole know, world man. just turned into politics and everything got all shitty all of a sudden. Yeah, it's like... Before yeah. that, nobody even cared. It's like, you know, now everybody wants to be in politics. Everybody wants to be so concerned about politi- politi- being politically correct. And it's like, you know, why? What are you running for a fucking office? Who cares? Like what? You get a letter from Nancy Pelosi every year for being a good, you know, citizen. <laughs> Thanks for obeying. Here's your, you know, good citizen card. Yeah. Politi- like it, it's in the name, politically correct. Like who gives a fuck? Oh man, exactly. I mean, they yeah. they're the ones, and they're the ones who absolutely don't care. The politicians, they just lie right to your face and shake your hand and stab you in the back when you turn around, and then act like you know. You know, they clear live. out your, your savings account and 401ks <laughs> and all that while they're doing it, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I'm not obviously not down with the with the PC culture because I'm not in politics. I can say whatever the fuck I want. And, and that, that's somebody great. doesn't like it, then they don't have to be around me. <laughs> well, that's great because, like, I've noticed, too, like, I mean, you know, I've been doing this podcast a while. I've been involved in you know, uh, music for number of years. And just like, you know, I remember when it was like, it it was edgy and it was, it was part all, you know, it's how we acted out in rebellion and we spoke out against the man and seemed like, you know, the past couple of years, everybody just started conforming and, you know, 
praising the man, you know, and it's he's like, crazy. well, I want, I want people to buy my records. So I better fall in line, you know, and I like to find more musicians like you that are still throwing that middle finger up in the air, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like rage against the machine turned into rage with the machine, you know, shit like that. And I don't know. I don't know why everybody is so concerned about politically correct. You know, you just need to have manners. That's all, you know. Exactly. You know, just treat people how you want to be treated, respect one another, but also speak the truth, man, about what's really going on. Don't freaking, you know, toe the company line, man. It seems so hypocritical. It's like yep. everybody with the the pronouns and the racism and the this and the that. It's like we get it. We all suck. Noted. <laughs> Move on <laughs> to the next thing, but they can't. You know, it's like we're all. You know, it reminds me of a, a political cartoon I saw where it's like a white guy holding the rebel flag and a black guy holding the Black Lives Matter flag and they're inside a fishbowl. And there's this big, giant politician standing outside of it with the top hat. Looks like a Monopoly guy holding giant bags of money. You know, it's like they just plot everybody against each other and then they steal all of our money. Exactly. Yeah. They keep us distracted or fighting over race, gender, you know, um, like you said, political. They don't want, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they don't want the 99% to like wise up and be like, Hey, fuck you guys. Cause then they won't have any power anymore. The game's over. Yep. They'll lose all their power as soon as everybody gets along and they're like, Hey, why are we paying so much money for all this junk? These people don't do anything for us except causes, you know, terror 24 hours a day. Fuck them. Yeah, exactly. But and, instead, uh, everybody's fighting over, you know, bathrooms and dumb shit. <laughs> that doesn't even matter. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir, brother. I love it. But well, it's like, like I saw the, story, the new story of the punk rock band. There's a punk rock band who they canceled their gig and left because the promoter wouldn't let the dude use the girl's bathroom. I'm like, wow, that's real fucking punk rock, man. Hey, baby. This is Double D, also known as Dream Daddy. And I got to tell y'all something about our new sponsorship here at today's Boondoggle. And the name is Dream Nutrition. So if you're looking to empower your human vitality, well, then you come to the right place. With over 12 years of combined experience in cannabinoids and terpene products, Dream Nutrition products include CBD oils, patches, protein, and so much more. The endocannabinoid system is believed to have involvement in regulating physiological and cognitive processes, including the immune system, appetite, pain sensation, mood, memory, and in mediating the pharmacological effects of cannabis. Support this veteran-owned and operated company today, and today's Boondoggle fans will receive 10% off their orders when using the promo code BOONDOG10 at checkout. That's B-O-O-N-D-O-G-10 at checkout. So go to the link. That's DreamNutrition.com forward slash discount 
forward slash boondog10. And remember, dream is not spelled like dream daddy. It's spelled D-R-E-E-M. And start saving today because you deserve to feel your best. And you know that's right. So tell them dream daddy and your friends from today's boondog sent you. That's just like the world now. This is horrible. <laughs> and and that's how that's and that's why we're so easily distracted and not paying attention to, you know, UFOs being declassified finally after all these years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we're the aliens. Yeah. The aliens are here already, I think. They they can't they can't figure out what, you know, gender they are. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's that's like good. I'm I'm here in Ohio, you know. I I live up in the Cleveland area, but I mean, you know, uh Dayton isn't too far and that's where uh Wright Patterson Air Force Base is and that's where you oh. know all those years ago they uh supposedly you know found a, a UFO so it's like I'm ready to go down there and check it out man <laughs> yeah right I don't want to see these two that they got I mean they already admit that they have it you know let's see them just a photo even something yeah, exactly. You think, you know, they're probably like, okay, what's working to keep everybody distracted? Oh, most of them are over the alien thing. I guess we're going to just move on and keep them fighting about, you know. Uh, I mean, it's the same shit from when I was a kid. You know, I remember this back when I was a teenager and you hear all this shit in the news. But then whenever you tour around the world and meet all the people that live in the world, nobody cares about that. I never run into anybody that cares the only people that care are people that get paid like the political activists and all this the regular people that have nine to five jobs they don't give a fuck about any of that shit yeah everybody gets along just fine if they especially if they turn off the news everybody get along just great yeah turn off the news put your cell phone down get outside and you know interact with your neighbor again you know yeah i mean because i live here i live here in branson in a you know, it's a tourist town, and you know, people from all over the country, all over the world, come here, and there's never any problems, never any fighting, arguing, nothing. Just people come here, have a good time, and go home, and turn on the news and freak the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like you know, so many, and, and it, like you know, and like I said, I served in the military, so I've been been across the world and seen a lot of different cultures, and it's like. Most of the people that are making all the biggest stinks are stuck in their fishbowl. They ha- they either live in the ma- some major metropolitan city, and they've never been outside, and they think everybody needs to conform to their values. It's like, you know, like New York and California, like the the biggest trying to control the rest what the rest of the country does. Yeah, they want the whole everywhere to be like them. You know, it'd be like us where I live. Like, oh, we think New York and L.A. need more tractors and cows, you know? Like, who fucking cares what they're doing there? Like, everybody just needs to worry about their own shit and fuck off. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, so basically, yeah, you know, and like you said, everybody's kind of got us us labeled because we think outside the box or we're, we're, uh, you know, vocal about, uh, you know, how we feel because we're not politically correct. So, which would lead us to being, I guess, labeled scum of the earth. So uh, that's my segue back to. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> back to your project. But uh, that's how it works. Yeah. What, what, uh, 
what can fan? I mean, so you got the new single just came out. You're working on a uh, new album. I take it too. Then. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I have enough songs for an album, but it seems like these days they just want to do a song at a time. Everybody just uses Spotify and whatever to streaming. And I don't know. I guess there's just no need for a full album. I don't know. Maybe an independent band is different, but I mean, if you put out a whole album, I don't know where anybody would ever buy it at. You just have to buy a digital copy of it. And nobody does that anyway. So <laughs> you might as well just do a song here and there and let it go on Spotify and make a video. So yeah, that's me, I kind don't of, care either way. Yeah, that's kind of a shame too, because it's like, I remember growing up, like you said, you know, we liked, uh, you know, some of the shows that we, that kept us entertained, but I also like there, there'd be, you know, albums that would tell a story. You know, and you could just put the album on and sit there for the duration of the album and go on an adventure, you know, and it's like yeah, now I mean, every, all these kids with these short attention spans, they don't have time for any of that anymore. And sit there and read. You know, I really like that. All the, the artwork and inserts and stuff and reading the lyrics and, uh, you know, I'd find other bands by looking at, you know, like Metallica, Ride the Lightning or something like that. I can't remember which one it was, but in the album, it, they in their thank list, they thanked all these bands they toured with over in Europe and other countries. And I'd find out about a lot of bands that way. Like, oh, if Metallica is on tour with them, they must be good. You know, I didn't know. And yeah, I remember that too. Slayer and all that. I found all kinds of cool bands that way. And just looking at the, you know, Cool photos, artwork, lyrics—I don't. You like getting something for your money? Yeah, exactly. No, I—that's how I was. I was like always been like kind of like you know I was a comic book collector as a kid and stuff, and you know an album collector for the artwork, for the you know the uh, the the lyrics. You know, always a big lyrics person, and just uh, and like you said, the thank yous, learning about other bands and stuff like that through that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it seems like those days are behind us now, and um, you know, it, it's just the the day of the the streaming on the sing uh, streaming the single or whatever. Um, but and, you know, the thing that aggravates me about it is that like it's not even the choice of the people. You know, like the market didn't decide that. You know, you go out and buy a new computer, you buy a new car. They don't even come with CD players or cd-roms in them anymore so they just forced everybody to the digital that's yeah the most annoying part because there's tons of people that still want the artwork and the you know have something they can hold in their hand yeah i know so many people that still you know are big and collecting vinyl and stuff too and it's hard to even get you know those press anymore but uh yeah, it seems like the apples, the Apple stores and uh, iTunes and, you know, Spotify's and all that kind of took charge and pushed everything towards that now, you know? I mean, I don't even own a laptop or a desktop that has a CD drive in it anymore. But it's funny because Apple sells a separate CD-ROM you can plug into the thing. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's another moneymaker, you know, though, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, now the cars, you know, even the one I'm in right now, it's got the wireless Apple Play. Or the Apple, oh, yeah. Apple CarPlay. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. They, they don't want you having the disc. They want you buying it from them. Exactly. And then uh, is there, uh, are you guys talking about uh, hitting the road again sometime soon? Yeah, they were talking about toward the end of October. And, you know, I'm down for any time if we can make a buck. You know, as long as you don't go broke trying to do it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Gas prices are freaking killing tours right now, too. And then with all the crazy stuff going on in the world, you know, the end of October is right before the midterm. So who knows what crazy new horrible thing is going to be happening then. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we already got monkey pox now. You know, it's like seems like the sequel to to COVID is already being released, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's like every month during the shutdown, they had some new thing, whether it's the murder hornets or the I mean, it's always some like horrible sounded thing. Yeah, something to keep grandma afraid. You know, I know my mom was terrified and getting ill. And I was like, mom, turn off the freaking news. Get outside, take a walk, you know? I know. I remember when it first happened, I went to Pfizer's website and read about the vaccine, and it said on their website that it only lasts up to six months. I'm like, what the fuck is this? It's like a flu shot. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And then, you know, and plus where I live, they didn't really have a shutdown. Nothing really stopped here. And it's a tourist town, so everybody kept pouring in. You know, full of people from all over the world. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I never got sick. Yeah. I mean, I got, I got sick, but, you know, it, my immune system did what my immune system's supposed to do and it fought it, you know, and I was miserable for a few days. I took the vitamins and everything I was supposed to take. And, you know, it's like I, I, they shot me up with enough crap when I was in the military, and I was like, "All right, ever since I've been retired, I've been like detoxing, you know, my body. Yeah. I ain't ready to roll up my sleeve and line up, you know, for anything else." <laughs> but, uh, um, and then, uh, so right now you got your latest single, uh, "Cigarettes of Mesopotamia." You got another one in the, uh. Like in the batting box, getting ready to come out? Yeah, I have a lot, you know. And then I also have a lot of, uh, you know, what used to be called B-sides that I'm not sure what to do with, you know, since there's no B-sides anymore. And, you know, some pretty cool B-side stuff. So, I don't know, maybe maybe they can, like, roll them all into, like, an EP or something. B-sides, a couple new songs, I don't know. Yeah, that'd be nice. And then, like, maybe hit hit the road in support of that or whatever. But hopefully yeah. uh, get you out here by the Cleveland area or something. Yeah, that'd be great. And then uh, try and plot, plot your tours around, uh, you know, where the, uh, you know, uh, I, I when I went on vacation, I did, like, a thing. It's, like, Obscura atlas obscura or something like that and it's all like the weird places of every state you know you can find like obscure uh 
you know, weird things like, you know, oh, well, this is where supposedly a UFO crashed or whatever, stuff like that. But you could plan your tour oh, around that. So that way you, during your off time, you could check out. Uh... <laughs> yeah. We always try to stop at the weird places. Yeah. I had to check that out. What is it called? Obscura? Atlas Obscura, it's called. Atlas Obscura. Yeah, I'll check that out for sure. Yeah, man. And then, um, well, I, I want to try and ask you some of the questions that we normally ask uh, guests that I have on. Um, yeah. You know, we already talked about some of your early influences in music, but who are your, like, top three artists today? Man, I don't even know. I just, like, recent times I've been listening to old music, like, ZZ, a lot of ZZ Top, and you know, and they got a new record coming out soon. I was interested in, you know, without Dusty being there, and uh, yeah, just mainly just old stuff I've been listening to. You know, the new Slipknot song. You know, I thought that was really good. Yeah, I, I just, I kind of like you know, a lot of everything. I'm not that super picky about music, you know. If I just if I hear it and I like it, I just like it. Sometimes, you know, it's stuff that everybody thinks is dumb, and <laughs> sometimes it's not. But yeah, you know, yeah. nerd. If you if you know that band, nerd with Pharrell Williams. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I remember that first came out. I really loved that first album and the lap dance or whatever. I love that tune. Yeah. <laughs> and has some good stuff on it. And then every album they put out, you know, there's some songs on there. They're always awesome. And, yeah, so this is a smorgasbord from Slipknot to Nerd to ZZ Top, you know. Whoever's got some rocking stuff, I usually like it. Nice. And then uh, what class do you feel should be mandatory before graduating high school today? civics <laughs> i never thought about it but that's the first thing that popped into my head uh, it seems like everybody gets their how the government's supposed to work from the news instead of how it's actually supposed to work yeah it's kind of like coincidental that a lot of that stuff would started disappearing in the school systems and you know then things started becoming the way they are in the country you know so, yeah i mean where i grew up there in arkansas there was a class called Arkansas Outdoor. I think it was in the eighth, ninth grade, somewhere around there. And they take you right out back, you know, back when they had smoking areas at school. They take you out back in the smoking area and let you shoot a rifle and a shotgun. And then everybody in the class had to shoot it and then tell you, that, you know, teach you about gun safety and teach you about how to make fires and, like, kind of survival stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's like crazy talk today, huh? Yeah. And then they had like, you know, shop where they teach you how to woodwork and weld. And I don't know. I don't know what is going on in schools nowadays, but it, it doesn't seem to make anything any better, whatever is going on. Yeah. I mean, I even, I took shop class. I wasn't that good at it, but still it's like learn some sort of skill, you know, because 
I, especially the way things seem like they're headed now, everybody's, you know, they're stuck on the, on their, on their phone and it's like, you lose power. Exactly. You know, what do you got? You know, you get, no, you know it, how to survive, no, you know how to start a fire, you know how to. <laughs> yeah. It'd be toast. Yeah. And then um, who are three people who've inspired you or you can credit for making you the person you are today? I probably my grandparents, I'd say. I mean, that's who I grew up with. Nice. My grandparents and, then, and just the world since I was, you know, pretty unsupervised, I guess. <laughs> society. Society made me how I am today. <laughs> the scum of the earth, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then uh are there any like causes or organizations that you support and encourage others to check out? No, zero. And then how about a uh, favorite toy as a child? Pray. I mean, just the first thing that pops to mind would be the evil Knievel toys. Nice. The, the wind up evil Knievel motorcycle jump thing. That is the most. I mean, I'd probably buy one right now if they were back out for sale again. Now I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most popular answer to that question on this this show. Everybody like. Oh no way. Had that? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I had I've heard that one the most out of all, and I've been doing this, you know, almost two hundred episodes now, and that's like the one everybody goes back to. Man, they remember that evil Knievel wind up. You just pull the string and let them launch, and yeah, that was one where you could, yeah, pull the little red plastic doodad out of the back, and then the other one you could crank the handle, and he was, and then push the button and he'd take off. Oh yeah, 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 yeah! I remember that that one too. Yeah, sure. And then, um, any message that you have for our military members that are currently serving overseas? Yeah, hang in there. <laughs> About all you can do, I think. Yeah. And um, you know, like we talked a little bit about, like you know, the the projects you're working on and everything that you've been through. Um, you know, as a single dad and everything. Um, you know, you have definitely you've had you know definitely quite the the resume in the music world and everything if uh any listeners of the show or any fans want to check out and learn more about you and uh your projects and what you have going on where would you send them uh just the, the facebook the scum of the earth facebook page i'll okay. try to keep it more updated i yeah, just get busy with real life I got you, man. I'm not on the social media that often. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like we said earlier, it can be no, more of a distraction from what we really need to, the real stuff we need to get done. So yeah. I'm with you on that. But, uh, well, we've been going at it for, you know, almost an hour here, man. I appreciate you taking the time and, and, uh, talking with me and catching up. Um, it's good. I've been sitting in the truck the whole time with the AC cranked. It's pretty nice. It's so hot here. Uh, 
this is like smooth sailing for me. Okay, nice. So uh, before I let you go, you mind doing one last favor for me? Yeah, sure. Cut a promo ID for the show. Just introduce yourself and you're listening to today's boondoggle. Hey, this is Riggs from Scum of the Earth, and you're listening to today's Boondoggle. Awesome, Riggs. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate yeah. your time. The Miracle
I remember that yeah, time with uh, like Bailey was with, with, at that party yeah. we had down at the Merriman's Club. Remember? Oh God! And, and they got those <laughs> yeah. strippers, and they, we rigged it till Jacupka won the prize. You know, they, got, oh, yeah. they, 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 they get him out there and they pull his pants down. In the pool. Check out my Bailey goes. God, look, look at his dick. It looks like a turtle with yeah, head stuck in the shit. You know, this is me. You remember, remember when they grabbed his waistband? It was an underwear. They pulled it over his head. Over his head. It's like shot off like a rubber band. He looked like a wrestler with that thing up over his shoulder. Like a singlet. A singlet on. What a wedgie! Oh my god. <laughs> that poor bastard, man. Yeah, hazing was. Oh, Who's man. the other one? Who's the other mom? Me and, me over and the matter. Tim one time, we're working on the on the boats, was right? That your cup and we're the down matter? there working on the bilge no, pump. I don't know where you were. And I'm like, God damn, it's, it's like raining on us. I look up, Jacob is standing up, up above on the deck. Looking down at him, sweating. He saved the squirrel from a drowning pool. He resuscitated a squirrel. Didn't he write that in his email? He saved a squirrel from drowning in a pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that part of his email? His brag sheet. Well, the first time. And thank you for listening to another story time from the VFW Hall. Brought to you by Today's Boondogger. for listening once again to today's boondoggle radio show please be sure to check out our website domaincle.com or today's boondoggle.com for more shows and check out our archives follow us on social media at today's boondoggle on facebook instagram youtube and twitter for more information about this podcast and please support us on www.anchor.fm forward slash today's boondoggle as well as on our GoFundMe and Venmo. Be sure to subscribe, comment, download, and listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spreaker, and all the other podcast platforms out there. Please email us with any questions, suggestions, and comments via today's boondoggle at gmail.com. Leave us some five-star reviews and help spread the word. Thanks again for listening.
Thank you for tuning into this week's Today's Boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news and information, and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for supporting, sharing, and tuning into Today's Boondoggle.